A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. It's a Luke Pitcher. It's a Thursday. How the Diggory Donaldson are you doing? I am Diggory Donaldson. I'm joined by Mr. Luke Moore. How are you doing? Very good. Um, what point did you um, turn into Diggory? Um, I was adopted. You, I. Some people say I was adopted by the Diggory. Some people say <laughs> I was born into it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I'm not. Re- I've, 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 I've not talked to my father, who's uh, who's bestowed upon me the moniker Diggory. Um, for some time, actually, I, I really should check in with him. Um, was it an argument it's, it's about um, compression rates of JPEGs on WhatsApp, or no, no? Generally, he's he's kind of calmed down. He's kind of uh, uh, WhatsApp. He, he, uh, there's a new baby in town. Uh, baby Sophie is my uh, is my new niece. Got second niece, and um, my dad's mainly um, just doing photoshops of her. To be quite frank, he's got other stuff on, mate. He's he's, he's hanging. He's spending that. He's spending time mm. with his family. Mm. Well, he well he can't go and see his family. That's 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 the problem. No, but I mean he's doing uh, it in the way that he can. That. Yeah, <laughs> through through yeah. Uh, the uh, through an Adobe Creative uh, Cloud license, I, I presume. <laughs> have you or, given him? Have no, you given him a login? Have you given him the stack login to the Adobe Suite? Yeah, he's on, yeah, yeah, he's on the yeah, he's on the stack login. <laughs> he's uh, I'm trying to teach him After Effects. Um, uh, no, I, I I think he uh, uh, he pirated it. <laughs> Does he want a job? Seriously. <laughs> well, look, he's better than Mark than I am at uh, at cutting things out. I tried to do a, a fake Photoshop of something in the office a few weeks ago uh, to annoy Luke, and he he just he took one look at it and went, "Pete, that's not even a good Photoshop." And I was chastened to annoy Luke. I am Luke. Yeah, that's you. Yeah, I was oh, talking okay, to listeners. Right. Oh, okay, right, okay. I didn't, did did I ever see that? Luke's? What did it did it ever kind of manifest? It, it, it was your it was your Euro twenty twenty um, planner. Um, oh, I did see that down for, our, for our plans. For our that plans was a poor effort, Pete. I was really disappointed in you. <laughs> I saw it straight away. Well, you'd spent all day making this plan about who was going to be doing which shows, what we were going to be doing, and stuff. And then it actually transpired, obviously, that the Euros uh, got got postponed. Um, but it, it, Luke was very protective about his little chart because he'd spent yeah. all day doing it. Um, and I Doesn't think it's still up like there, me, isn't it? it? <laughs> the thing is, I don't, I don't begrudge you not being organised, Pete. Necessarily, I, I begrudge right. you being annoyed at me for being organised. I mean, all you did was write something on a chart. I mean, oh, it's all I did, was it? It's all I did. Chart. Yeah, it's all I did. Working out a little jigsaw. I'm, I'm, pre- I'm preserving that for next summer. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. We just and I'm putting you on every day. 
Yay. Um, Look, Peter. If you, do you want those listening figures? If you want those listening figures, I'll fucking do it. I'll tank this fucking tanker. <laughs> I thought that was what you were doing. Yeah. Uh, Peter, I, I saw something on the BBC website the other day, which I thought might be of interest to you. It probably won't be because it's difficult for me right. to know what's interesting to you and what isn't. But difficult to gauge, I thought I'd it? give it a go. There's a place mm. in Wales, you're half Welsh, so you might like it, right. um, on top of a hill. And it's um, near Powys, which I think, or in Powys, which I think is like central mid Wales, um, right. but it's quite rural. Um, and it's called the Space Guard Centre, and it's a working observatory which tracks near-Earth objects that could hit Earth, right? Mm. And it's been there since 1997. It's basically just one dude who sits up there monitoring comets and asteroids and all that kind of stuff. And, and I read the article um, because I've, I've been sort of obsessed with this type of stuff since I read at the age of a, quite an impressionable age of about 14 uh, mm. that someone who who meant well on TV said it's the best to think of the solar system as a giant um, intergalactic bowling alley. And Earth <laughs> is just one of the pins at the bottom of the lane. And someone is um, sending a bowling ball down every second forever. Uh, <laughs> and we're hoping they don't hit one of the pins. And I thought, it doesn't make me feel very good. Um, no. So I became obsessed with that kind of subject. And this guy... He's like an ex-army fella who specialised mm. in missile systems. I don't know why you've used him. I mean, he's not going to do anything, is he? Um, and well, what do you he, mean? Well, I, mean he's, I mean, he's presumably quite good at trajectory uh, calculating, I would say. I hope so. <laughs> but the way they've written it makes it feel like he's just going to fire a missile at one of them, which I don't really right, want to no, happen. Okay. Uh, yeah. Anyway, well, so a lot got, of, the, best of, the best offence is defence. So you, a lot of missile systems are shooting at other missiles. So presumably... Working out where that missile, where the target's going to be, is is, is probably he's probably quite yeah. good at that. I would say. True, no, that's a fair point. He makes the point that also that um, a lot of potential extinction level events are completely unpredictable. So, for example, like earthquakes mm. or um, massive volcanoes or whatever. <laughs> but comets are really predictable because once you get hold of them, you can see what their trajectory is going to be, as you rightly say, people. Anyway, my point was just going to be like there's two two things on this. Um, why is there an observatory set up in somewhere where presumably it rains all the fucking time? That's number one. Because mm. what's the telescope going to realistically see? It's not like it's in the Atacama Desert where it's so dry and clear that they can see everything. And two, I feel like there should be more than one person working on this. <laughs> like he's on his own, this guy. So does he not have right. a day off? I mean, what, what's what's happening? Well, I, I mean, I, I'm almost certain there are more agencies looking at this, uh, at the behaviour of, of comets and, and the like. But I mean, did, does rain affect um, telescopes in, in, in that massive way? Because the, yeah. the the cells are so massive. No, but I think that one of the things that's really one of the things, as far as I understand it, that's the enemy of um, space observer observers right. is um, moisture. That's why, because right, okay. it distorts the imagery. That's why mm. in the Atacama Desert in Chile, that's why a lot of the observatories are there because they're so it's so dry there. You get the clearest picture. Um, but I was great, just going to say, this, solar energy. This guy who who this article is about on the BBC website, right? He's talking. The angle of the of the of the um, article is actually that um, he has a lot of trouble persuading like decision makers and governments and everything. That this is really important, right? Yeah. And and right, I'm not making this up, right? Right, the final quote of the article from him. I'm just going to read it to you, okay? Mm. This hopefully won't happen in our lifetime, in the next century or the next millennium. I don't know. If I did know, I would be happy. But the point is, it will happen. And when it does happen, life will turn to pain in a very big way. (laughs) What a quote. 
Just that cutting is, a wrestling promo. A lot promo. of gravitas to that quote, isn't there? <laughs> there is a little bit, yeah. We're all fucked. Uh, would you like to go? Would you like to die in an extinction level event, Pete? Because we, as we said on Monday, everyone's going to die. It's one of those things mm. going to happen. Nothing you can do about yeah. it. No point trying to avoid it. Would you like to die in an extinction level event? Well, I would sort of feel if if I had the choice, um, I was somehow kind of like consigning all of my fellow man to 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 to, be, to perishing. So probably not, to be honest. I wouldn't mind just die, just just just, just French exiting this earth, to be honest. And uh, it's been fun, guys. But I'm just going to uh, go to the loo, and then I'm out the window and down the street. Do a Carl Reiner. Do a Carl Reiner. See you later. Give me a hot dog. I'm out yeah. of here. Do you, yeah. But do you, but so you, I mean, it's it's be quite interesting. An extinction level event would be quite interesting. But presumably, you don't believe in anything like afterlife or anything like that. So I know I know you no. were saying as of someone who's currently alive, the idea that your relatives or your children or whatever would live on beyond you. I get that. But if you're going to mm. be dead anyway, presumably you don't give a shit because you can't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, true. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There's a, there's a philosophical debate to be had whether I give a, whether I should give a shit because the world will die with me. So. Um, I wouldn't like that millisecond of thought that I, I've i consigned everyone to, to death by my own hand. Um, and it's yeah. probably for the same reason why I'm, I'm, I'm not planning on topping myself anytime soon. So, you know. Well, that's good news. Do. do you remember when we had that chat about how good we'd be in the post-apocalyptic environment? Uh, yes, and I'd be we, dead within uh, a couple of days because of asthma. asthma. Mm. Yeah. But we, both, yeah. we both established that through your asthma and my incompetence, we'd both die pretty quickly. Look, you can drive a car. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> well, that doesn't mean anything. It just means I die in a different place. No, exactly. Yeah, but you can get places. You know, you can. You could probably, you know, get quite far uh, with, with with a car. Uh, how, how old's your car? It's new. It's only a couple of years old. Right. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I've, I've got into cars recently. It's interesting. I, I, I don't think. I don't think me having a car means I've got more chance of surviving. To be honest, no. But I reckon you could. It's adding a couple of more days on it, isn't it? Really? No. Let's be real. What it means is my final moments will be spent in a traffic jam. That's what it means. <laughs> That's what it means, mate. Yeah, sounds about right. Sounds about um, right. I was also going to ask you about. Um, have you, have you? So you know, we talk a little bit about TV programs and what stuff to watch on Netflix. And I've been watching the mm. third season of Dark, as I've said, but I can't really talk about that chiefly because I don't want to spoil people, but most importantly because I don't understand it. Um, yeah. And the and it would be ridiculous me trying to explain it. But one thing that I have really got back into, and you're going to laugh at this, is for some reason, and I, I want to stress UK only, not the US version, the UK only version. I've got mm. really into Ramsey's Kitchen Nightmares again. Right. Okay. Yeah. Have so, you seen I, I mean, it? have we have we not spoken about my love for Ramsey's Kitchen Nightmares, specifically the YouTube um, uh, like compilations of him, uh, you know, coming in, kicking off, uh, going in the fridge and stuff like that. I, I, I've waxed lyrical before have about you? how much I love Ramsey's Chris. I may have been on abroad in Japan, but I one of my guilty pleasures is getting a bit of dinner. Uh, what going on to YouTube and my algorithm will throw up, uh, you know. Um, Chef Ramsay, Chef Ramsay, um, popping into a Louisiana steakhouse and, and kicking the fuck out. You know, I'm only UK. I, I can't. So for me, oh right, okay, Ramsay, yeah. Ramsay is an amazing TV guy. Right, he's amazing to watch on TV, mm. isn't he? Like the charisma is unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, but I don't. I think I find the US version is just a bit too over the top, and the way they edit and cut US TV reality shows, 
I don't want to sound, you know, as you well know, I deeply, deeply love the United States. I've got a lot of family and friends there, but I don't like the way they cut reality shows and TV there because it, it to be honest, it, it's very, very TV for dumb people and they just recap and recap and recap. It's a style of reality TV in the US, which mm. is just recap heavy and it puts me off. And he also goes way over the top in the US one for ratings and stuff. But on the UK one, it's when he first started it and you get the impression that, he, at least for the first few seasons, that he genuinely does care about it and he wants to do something about it. And and to me, the dynamic of seeing the young, particularly the younger chefs, um, really respect him and listen to him and, and seeing him be so good at his job, I just find it absolutely yeah. compelling. It, he's he's yeah. so good on TV. It's, it's amazing yeah. to watch. Yeah, they, I, but I, I I like the American ones. I, I like I like the, the the rare occasions where he'll come into a, a joint and he'll go, "Oh, I quite like the, uh, this. is quite a good recipe for like a particular cake." And I kind of have yeah. it, and like, and and, and it's lovely. Um, but no, I, I I I've always I've always really enjoyed uh, Kitchen Nightmares. But as as I said, I prefer the American version because um, I just like the way that um, I think the British people give give it back a little bit more. Uh, but the Americans mm. just sort of go, "Ooh." <laughs> Chef Ramsay knows what he's doing. I'm, on, I'm on, and I'm on the telly as well. And, and also, I respect I it. I find that I find the hosts, uh, the hosts, yeah, the the, the 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 people who own the restaurants a little bit more charismatic in America. So well, everyone yeah. in America's everyone in America's brilliant on Super TV. It's incredible. Like yeah. you go, you go to like a backwoods part of a rural state in the US and interviewed them mm. because something's happened on an interview with the news and. They are better than some professional broadcasters <laughs> on this show, <laughs> included not. on camera. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's like always it always surprises me. <laughs> always, yeah. But I, I, my favorite thing is when Chef Ramsay goes into the freezer uh, and just finds some really old sauce. He goes, "How old's this sauce?" And they go, "Oh, I don't know, a few weeks." And they go, "Bullshit!" And he gets really angry. And he goes, "This is two years old. This sauce." Yeah. Um, it's in the freezer, mate. Don't worry about it. None, I also it's love it when, um, when when he when he says to them when he goes in there, this kitchen's f- fucking filthy. How long? When was the last time you cleaned it? And 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 the mm. chef involved, he just thinks it's not getting any worse than this for me. He just goes, <laughs> day before yesterday. <laughs> he goes, fuck <laughs> off, fuck off. <laughs> you couldn't even convince me that that was clean the day before yesterday, mate. I'm I'm a human being with a house. I know what it looks like when it's clean. Is it, why is it? Why are they saying that against one to, to one of the best chefs around? Amazing. <laughs> and also, if you, if you look at um, the great UK, the great thing about the UK version as well is that it's a real snapshot of like early two thousands life. And there's a lot of yeah. nostalgia about that to me. Like some of the clothes people are wearing, the cars they're mm. driving, the things they're doing. They pull out a mobile phone. What mobile phone is it? Oh, it's a Sony Ericsson. Love that. <laughs> I've got a lot of time for that, and all, anyone using an old mobile phone, uh, it's all right by me. It's a period of time, though, the, the, probably from around two thousand to two thousand eight. For me, I'm interested in what mobile phone you've got. Yeah, um, I mean, what were the bangers for you? I mean, mine. My, my, I, I was strictly a Nokia kind of guy. Flirted with a Sony Ericsson. I found, found an old BlackBerry last week in an old uh, trunk, uh, uh, the old uh, Donaldson trunk, as we discussed on the football ramble last week. I uh, yeah, I found a very old uh, BlackBerry, uh, and uh, but the the lithium ion battery was uh, was very bulbous, so I was a little worried about what it was going to do. I had I a explode um, at any moment. I had a job not that long ago. Um, where and I'm not going to name the job or the company because I don't want to embarrass them and myself. Where as part of the job, they gave me a BlackBerry, 
and I worked right. there for four and a half years, and I never worked out how to use it. <laughs> I never even I never used it once. Um, I liked I liked a BlackBerry. I like the trackball it used to have. Remember, it was had a little kind yeah, of trackball cool. on the on the middle. Yeah, the, the, very the enjoyable. Blackberries had their moment in the sun. I mean, to answer your question, I did not. I had Nokia, then I went to Sony Ericsson for a couple. But I tell you, what, the, the the phone I always wanted, but I never had the Motorola mm. Razor. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, that's back in a big way, isn't it? So is it? You, you, you can indulge. Yeah, it's come back with a, a, a like it's a smartphone now. It's an Android based smartphone. You probably won't like it because it's not I'm too scared to leave but, Apple, yeah. really. <laughs> um, do you remember the, <laughs> the phone that before or... that, way back before that? I can't remember what it was called. Might have been called the N70, but it was the Matrix Nokia when you press the button, the thing flicks out. Mm, yeah, yeah, that yeah, was, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. good as well. I mean, was that a tie in? Because that was like, that just reminds me of like yeah. Matrix background kind of. Around it was around about the time that like um, uh, fascias and or fascias and mm. also like um, ringtones and stuff were very big. The crazy frog, etc. Yeah, people. I wonder because doesn't want someone we know know someone who made all the money off the crazy frog and he literally made like millions of pounds. I do sort of think with stories like that because the phrase crazy frog was so ubiquitous and it's the sort of thing that dads would know about down the pub. I do sort of think that it's a pretty good lie to tell. And it can be spread about quite easily about the crazy frog. Yeah, you've got you know you've I mean? got to um, you've got to hand it to Crazy Frog though because they, I mean they 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 took it to a lot of different places. I'm talking like video games. I'm talking like mm. songs. I'm talking like ringtones. Yeah. Probably there was probably some kind of TV show. Uh, wasn't it based in Scandinavia as well? I mean, I don't know what the, I don't know what the uh, wider Marvel Cinematic uh, Crazy Frog universe kind of had for us, but yeah, I, d- I don't know where it came from. I don't know where he went, but uh, yeah, I imagine there was a couple of really low budget PS2, PS1 titles made about the Crazy Frog. They, sorry, they, they also announced a new Crazy Frog album in 2020, so look forward to that. Oh wow, cool! Well, maybe just, they'll want to spend a bit on podcast advertising. <laughs> We're a game. We are game. Yeah. How many how many singles so far do you reckon the Crazy Frogs had? Uh, in the UK. Yeah, how many? Yeah, if you want, yeah, you can you can you can answer it in that way. How many Narrow singles have they released in the UK? Three. The answer is two, eight. Two, eight. What? Eight Why singles, are they doing mate. that? Eight singles. Is it like? Is it? Are they working? Are people buying? Five them? top twenties. I'll let you be the judge of that when I say they've had five top twenty <laughs> hits. Are they all written by uh, the blokes who uh, Scooter? Are they all written by Scooter? Yeah, might they're be. Just basically re- re- repositioned old kind of standards, not standards, but like pop songs. <laughs> Listen to in, this, in, right? In, in a rare style. <laughs> Listen to this. One of them, yeah, which did actually chart in the mm. UK um, and 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 peaked at number five in the chart, was mm. a Crazy Frog double A side version of Jingle Bells and MC Hammers. You can't touch this. Look, again, but they're throwing money. They're throwing good money after bad there because they're doing. They could have had. I presume that the Christmas part of it, the Christmas song, was you know you don't have to pay any tithe for using that. But certainly MC Hammer, you're putting him in there. You're going to have to you know pay money for samples and and and, and re-recordings of people's tracks. I think it's foolish. Write original tracks, Crazy Frog. You'll make more money. On the other hand, he is just a frog, though. True. What does he need financially, really? Apart from a, yeah. a little pond to swim around in. Yeah. Amphibious Spawn. as well, so probably very popular underwater as well. 
<laughs> do a version of a Little Mermaid. Do something like well, do Under the Sea by Little Mermaid. Do we know how many tracks he's released underwater? Some like frogs some can change spawn. sex as well, so we can appeal to everyone. Very political these days, but you can. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Tell you, I'm well, starting to see the potential now. <laughs> can right. I be replaced by the crazy frog on uh, on the look? <laughs> it's the Luke and Crazy Frog show. I wonder how they would take people to notice. <laughs> we'll be back in it. That's rude. Uh, we'll be back in a second. Oh, I'm all Luke and Crazy Frog Show. It's the Luke and Crazy Frog Show. I'm Pete Donaldson. Uh, I'm joined by Luke Moore. If you want to get to the show, as always, hello at lukeandpeakshow.com. Just a quick one from Simon Cornwall from Nottingham, confusingly. Uh, all right, chaps, just after the <laughs> flashlight chat on the latest excellent episode of the Luke and Pete Show, we, or at least I, got an advert for abroad in Japan featuring Diggory himself talking about a tenga. How's lockdown going, Pete? <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know what yeah, a tenga, tenga is. Tenga, You're gonna have to tell me. A tenga, a tenga is just a flashlight, and a flashlight is just a. Um, it, I think it. I think it was first featured on Eurotrash back in the nineties, uh, and I think it was invented by a Japanese man uh, as a, an ornamentist's aid, as one might describe it. <laughs> um, a, a male uh, little uh, holy silicon holy hole to put the winky wink into. Um, it was designed by a man who was eating a pot noodle. So there you go. What? As you can imagine, a man looked down into his pot noodle and thought, that's warm, that's soft, that will probably need some time to cool on the windowsill. Men men are disgusting, aren't they? They'll fuck anything, mate. They'll fuck anything. So you're you're talking about like masturbatory aids on this show and literally advertising them on this show on another show you're on. Correct. And we're not even in the the pocket of Big Tanger either, so... No, well... (laughs) So you're not, and we're not even, and on the back of that, we're not even being paid. No, exactly. But no. to be honest, if we were in the bog, big pocket of big tenga, we'd be covered in lube. Because <laughs> that's yeah. imagine keeping all your money in that. I think uh, somebody hilariously um, used a flashlight as like a little coin purse. Um, in I like don't like Starbucks it when you do that little, little giggle when you're about to tell a story. It's, it's, <laughs> a, it's, it's never anything less than a chilling portent. I'm just thinking of the image of a man in Starbucks and he's trying to pay for his coffee and he just get, he keeps on getting money out of his um, what he's calling a, a little coin purse, but it's not. It's a flashlight. Uh, you know? And all of his coins. Uh, yes, of course you. Uh, yeah, it was a, it was a it was a ruse. It was a work, and uh, he was getting all of his money covered in lube out of a flashlight. <laughs> yeah, that is. I mean, that's like you know um, we shouldn't name them because it'll be unfair. But one of mm. our colleagues has got a coin purse which is. Yeah. That are basically a pervert's coin purse. It and looks like um, Pac-Man front on, doesn't it? You know what it looks like From to me? It looks like a, a, a large version. Of, remember when we were kids, you'd have these little pieces of plastic and you'd mm. push them one way and leave them on the ground and when they popped, they would flip up in the air. Like an eyelid, yeah. It's like a, it was like an eyelid that you could invert. Yeah, it looked like one of those. And I was thinking, what, what, I mean, presumably, because he's like East London and quite trendy and stuff, he, mm. presumably that is fashionable to have one of those purses. But I mean, because I'm yeah. old and I can see from outside the bubble, I just think that looks ridiculous. Absol- <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. Well, especially if you're, I mean, I'm, I, I hate to uh, slit uh, the, 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 young, the younger generation for being short-termist, but I mean, guys, we're going cashless. In two years' time, especially with this COVID outbreak, we're going to be cashless within within two years. So to invest in coin purses now is demented behaviour, quite frankly. Yeah, who's paying with coins these days? Not me. Who's paying with coins? And if, and if they are, get one of those little kind of, um, those little tiny coin flasks you used to wear around your neck. Oh, you yeah. swimming. Only for pound coins, though. They need to be resized because you get a new it's, pound it's coin. That's a good now. point. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I remember that. No, exactly, Why were they always yeah. around when you went swimming? I suppose because you could swim with them around your neck. But I mean, if you're swimming I in the swimming pool, I think that was pool, the design. But I, I only ever like wore them like going to like Preston Park or Flamingoland and stuff like that. Again, a, a, a reference you're going to be hearing on the Patreon episode of the uh, Wrestle Me in a few weeks' time. Whenever I'm I went just swimming, recycling I was always, material. I was always allowed to get a packet of Monster Munch and a Caramac afterwards. Nice, Caramac, great choice, great choice. Mine was yeah. always uh, uh, just gen- umpteen cans of Coke, uh, but most importantly, an Iron Brew bar or some Highland Toffee. And I'd generally have a pound with me, which would, um, Highland Toffee for the small bars were five uh, pence, big bars, 10 pence. Can you imagine how much toffee I was consuming every weekend? Bad Can you fear. imagine? Terrible. And I reckon I would be arguing, I would be arguing that I was probably the first generation uh, of Hartley Pudlians who could who had like a pound's worth every single Saturday to spend on sweets at a time when sweets were actually quite cheap and so yeah. I think that must have lopped five years off my life eating all that sugar yeah I remember when I was a kid my me and my best mate Jimmy I'm still best mates with now um we would walk to the shop at the bottom of our street and for 50p you could get a, a drifter and a packet of soft mints Nice drifter, and that's what we used to buy. Um, I don't know why we used to buy those two things like every time, but we did. Drifter was like um, advertised by like a, like a like a literal drifter, wasn't it? He would come into like a, a um, he was like a cool kind of disco daddy, wasn't he? Do you remember He'd what it t- the tasted like though, Pete? Do you remember a drifter? I remember it being like a crap twirl. It was like chewy and and uh, and and it had mallow in it, I think, and it had like no, no, because it was it was like two biscuit. two little bars, so like a Twix, but yeah. it was wafery caramelly. You probably still buy caramel, them. yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've not seen any in, in in a while. I mean, and I'm a man who last night did indulge in um, a packet of pickled onion monster munch and uh, um, a, a, a caramel um, galaxy. <laughs> so there you go. That's not bad. That's how I'm living my life. Oh, by the way, my, Pete, my speaking in- of um, speaking of food, here, do you want to mm. hear an email from uh, one of our listeners, James, who sent in a couple of oh. animal facts that I don't know are true and I'm not <laughs> sure if they possibly even can be true. Okie dokie, bring it on. But he's calling them fact, and so he's mm-hmm. gone through our rigorous, um, our rigorous checking, <laughs> checking process, which is basically getting an email successfully to us. Um, <laughs> it follows up that thing I was talking about with those planaria worms a week or two ago. Um, James has emailed in saying, "Hi guys, after your chat about worms, here are my two favourite animal facts. Now, if you're squeamish, take this as fair warning, okay?" I was talking earlier, wasn't I, about how much I love animals and stuff. Um, mm. But I, mean, I, I got in a lot of trouble a couple of years ago for talking about seeing a fox be decapitated once, which I did. Yes. And there's yeah. nothing I can do about that. Wasn't I was right. just regaining the story. It wasn't like I was taking mm. pleasure out of it. I didn't do it. I just saw it no. happening. Um, but anyway, so this is kind of a similar thing, but it's about very small um, creatures, which are all God's creatures and all worthy of their place on this planet. But anyway, don't shoot the messenger is what I'm saying. Um, First animal fact. Listen to this. You can put a leech in a maze with a bit of blood at the end, and once it finds the correct way of navigating through the maze, it will remember it and always go straight to the blood. If you Mm. then blend the uh, the leech and feed it to other leeches, they will also know the way through the maze because of a thing called chemical memory. I don't think that's true. (laughs) Number two. (laughs) <laughs> Listen, you think that's just a warm-up. That's just a warm-up, um, that one. I think right? that's an incredible shout, and I imagine it's true, but it's one of those things that I go, nah, 
I've got no frame of reference for how that would work, so Same. I'm not even going to deal. It's yeah. the sign of a confident emailer. It's like, it's it's, like um, it's, if that's the opener. It's like, it's like writing a song and starting it with a sax solo. Right? <laughs> like uh, Boy Meets Girl Waiting for a Starter Fall or Careless mm. Whisper. Number two, this is, the, this is the good stuff, mate, right? You can remove a newt's brain, <laughs> mm. mince it. I mean, you can. <laughs> yeah, mince it, put right. it back, and it will continue yeah. to function exactly the same. Oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Get that. Block him. Block him. He's talking absolute shite. Imagine the two scientists, Pete. Right, so what are you doing? I'm taking the brain out. Okay. Uh, what are you doing now? Putting it back. No point. It's dead. The, the, Steve, the nuke's dead. Steve, did you, Steve, did you get a uh, uh, did you get a neutral bullet for Christmas? Is, it, is this just your way of taking the tax rate off? <laughs> So yeah, it's just broccoli and um, just broccoli, apple yeah. and um, a newt's brain. What? Yeah, yeah, mad. I, I, I mean, wow. I Good think Lord. James has had quite the weekend. <laughs> yeah, this is a heavy one. Yeah, I'm not buying that second one. The first one was like, yeah. The first the one's similar one. to the one I was talking about a couple of weeks ago. Chemical memory is like a thing that's been mm. observed. Um, yeah. Um, James does spend some portion of the email elsewhere talking about alcoholics and special brew. So uh, and I'm not making that up. He does actually include that in the email. So um, listen, the jury's out. Use your own judgment. If we can find someone yeah. who listens to the show, knows about this kind of stuff, a biologist mm. or some kind of animal behaviorist or scientist, that would be amazing. But mm. for now, there is someone in, in the shape of James who thinks you can mince a newt's brain and put it back in the head and it will carry on as normal. As normal. I mean, yeah. as normal is the biggest shout, I think. Carry on as normal. What was the newt doing before that, for crying out loud? You can remove the crazy frog's brain, mince it, <laughs> put it back, and it'll still do a version of MC Hammer's You Can't Touch This. If anything, he's got crazier. Uh, I'm yeah. going to wrap up the show, if that's all right with you, with a, with a quick one from Conor O'Hanlon. Uh, and uh, it's, 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 it's a quick one. It's probably TK Maxx um, uh, specific. Americans do have TK Maxx, but it's called something else. It's R- called TJ Maxx in America, yeah. TJ Maxx. Um, Conor O'Hanlon, uh, on subject of things you want to see in movies, I was reminded of clocks always being at 10 past 10. I worked at TK Maxx years ago, and one day whilst tidying the home section, I noticed that all of the clocks were set at 10 past 10. I looked this up and found that clockmakers uh, set clocks at this time when they're being sold without a connected battery because it is symmetrical and apparently pleasing to the human eye. Uh, I started noticing in movies that clocks are frequently showing this time, meaning that they must be bought for the scene in question and stuck on the wall regardless of what time it actually is. I started to see it as a sign of uh, careful or at least not lazy directors when a clock in a movie actually displays a time other than 10 past 10. All the best, Connor. Fantastic little uh, nugget there. I'm going to be watching out uh, for the next time I watch any kind of recorded media. Do, do, do you know what? The reason I um, that's so weird because the reason I read that email and, and the reason I thought that they were set at ten past ten, and this might be completely ridiculous for a reason I haven't thought about, is because mm. ten past ten can be day or night, right? So if you if you've got a night scene and the clock's there and it mm. says ten past ten, yeah. that's fine. Yeah, but if, but if you look and it says ten past ten, it's day. That's also fine. There must be some times mm. that that isn't fine, right? Well, if it's ten past ten and it's light, but the family are having breakfast, you're like, what's going on there? Why are they yeah. Why are they having breakfast so late? Where, where's that bloke going? It was he going to work? Where's that? Where's that woman going? She going to work? What's going on? Uh, the kids got to school yet? Why is this ten past ten? Very. Do you know strange. what I mean? Because um, if it said five, if it said quarter past five and it was summer, mm, it wouldn't be dark yeah, either it would time, be more- would it? It would be more problematic. No. It would. Um, 
Mm, interesting. Yeah. I would say that if you, if you as a set dresser, have invested in a, a wide range of uh, clocks uh, on your own supply and you're not renting every time, I think you might be um, in for a short, sharp shot. Because um, how many clocks have you got up in your house, uh, Luke? Uh, clocks up on the wall or whatever. Mm. None. None. Mm. None. Exactly. No one. I, I would say the vast proportion of homes, that is the, that is the truth. Unless you yeah. live with all the parents, I would say. Speaking of continuity, like that, that show I was talking about, Dark, that mm -hmm. takes place across loads of different timelines and different. I mean, the continuity person for that must be an absolute genius. Yeah, I, well, I mean, I guess general time travel. You've got to, you, you you're working from several different timelines, haven't you? Really, you've got to remember what's been done, what's not been done, and also you're filming everything out of order as well. Or maybe they just film everything in order, make it easier. They can't, can they? They can't go back to eighteen fifty or whatever and. Start I, don't, I don't know how far it goes back, Luke. No, I've I just made that date when up. You something it. like that. I can't remember. Right. Okay. Um, people should know by now that if they listen to this, you're going to spoil them. So if I do it as well, it doesn't matter. Mm, exactly. Exactly. Anyway, let's um, get out of here, Peter. <laughs> let's get let's get back to the future. Uh, we'll yeah. be back on Monday uh, with more of this nonsense. Uh, when it will be, I'm consulting my calendar, the 13th. Ooh, lucky 13 or unlucky 13. Where is this year going? Mm -hmm. Hey, thank you very much for listening. Keep us um, in your minds when you want to send emails off. Send mm -hmm. them to us. Why not? Hello at LukeandPeteShow.com. Give us your animal facts. Uh, give us anything else you think would be of interest, and we will read out our favourites. Um, have a great weekend. As Pete says, we'll be back on Monday. Keep it Luke and Pete. I'm Luke. He's Pete, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. This was a Stakhanov production.